Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. Those of you who might have missed yesterday or the day before, we are talking about Paul as he writes to Timothy that people have a form of godliness but don't understand the power thereof. And, and from there we've kind of morphed into the scripture in Galatians chapter 3. Over in verse 5, when he says, Does God give you a spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? And obviously the answer there is because they believed what they heard. And we talked about, before we get into today's, just to bring people up to speed, we talked about if you don't think that God does miracles today, you've attended a church your whole life and you've never seen God do a miracle there, or you haven't ever seen him do a miracle in your own life, you have to ask yourself, why is that? If if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he, com- he performed miracles in the past, then he must perform miracles today, and he's going to perform miracles into the future. And if you haven't seen that happen, you might have to ask our- yourself, is it because I've been trying to obey the law? Is it because I've been trying to be good, to be kind, to be nice, and never realizing that there is a power available to me, and in fact, the Holy Spirit indwelling in me, who will perform these miracles merely because I believed what I heard. And we have talked some in in the last couple of days about these very issues. As we ended up yesterday, we were talking about something that I want to kind of start with today. And that is, you had mentioned how people would say how they hate the president. And I want to go on to that a little bit, how Christians, now I'm not talking about the world, because if the world says they hate people, that's, that's fine. Right. Christians will say things like, I hate the president, I hate the stuff he's doing, I just hate the president. And they don't even know the president. Maybe they know some of his policies. Maybe let's say it would be fair that they said, I hate his policy, I hate what he's, he's done or what he's asking for. But you don't know him. You don't know anything about him. I've heard Christians say, I hate his wife. You don't know his wife. Maybe you don't like something she did or didn't do, but you don't know her well enough to hate her. And then you hear people on the other side, I hate that John Boehner. That John Boehner, he's worthless. I just hate that guy. Maybe you hate his politics. Maybe you hate what you think he wants to do. But you don't know him well enough to hate him. And then this is scary, I think, for a lot of Christians is you're not supposed to hate anybody. Right. God Uh is love. The Holy Spirit indwelling in you is love. When you say you hate people, and that could be an in-law, outlaw, that could be a co-worker, that could be whoever the president, that could be whoever it is. 
That is not the Holy Spirit at work in you. That is your sinful nature at work in you. When you start talking about, I hate people, that's the sinful nature. I ruffled some feathers a couple weeks ago in our Bible study. This ISIS, first ISIS beheading. And I asked people a couple of days after it happened at a Wednesday night Bible study, I said, how many of you prayed for that guy from ISIS that beheaded that guy? And they all looked at me like I had two heads. I mean, no way would anybody with a semblance of brain power whatsoever pray for somebody who beheaded somebody else. I said, how many people prayed for the man who, family who was beheaded? They all kind of raised their hand. I said, why didn't you pray for the man that did the beheading? Well, he beheaded him. He's That's just terrible. He's you, not worthy of prayer, yeah, huh? You don't pray for somebody that would do something like that. And I'm not picking on anybody from our church at all because that's an attitude, I think, of most of the church in America mm-hmm. is that you wouldn't pray for that person because he's so bad, as you said, he's not worthy of prayer. He doesn't deserve to be prayed for. He's lost and he's going to hell and we all know it. And he's probably another religion anyway that we don't like anyway. And so there's no reason to pray for him because he's never... I had a guy say to me, yeah, you can pray for him, but he's never going to get saved anyway, so why worry about it? We don't know that. The apostle Paul was persecuting the church in Jerusalem. He was doing such a good job of it, he decided to expand operations to Damascus. He was a terrorist. He's on his way to Damascus so he can expand his operation of terrorizing <laughs> terrorizing Christians, <laughs> right. right? We would say he's not worthy of prayer. He's not worthy. He's never going to be saved anyway, so why worry about it? And guess what? God had said, he's my man. I'm going to pick him out, and I'm going to change his life. How do we know that that person from ISIS who beheaded, how do we know that they'll never be saved? We can say, I, I'm sure they'll never be saved. I'm pretty sure they'll never be saved. I'm pretty sure they're never going to believe in Jesus. But we don't know. And we've got to pray for those who are our enemies. We've got to pray for those who despitefully use us, never knowing exactly what plans God might have in their life. Our job is to pray for them. It isn't to try to determine how that prayer is going to work out. It's not to try to determine how that person's going to, life's going to work out. It's not to try to determine, is that person going to believe or not? We're told to pray for our enemies. Well, if that person's worthy of prayer. And as you're speaking, of course, I was Holy Spirit-led to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. And the Bible just turned to this page. It says, honor all people, love the brotherhood, Fear or reverence God, honor the king. And this text meaning those who are in authority. And I'm going to drop down to verse 21. For this you were called to do what he just said. We were called to do this. Because Christ also suffered or endured for us, leaving us an example. Again, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who... When he was reviled, did not revile in return. He suffered. He did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges rightfully. 
righteously. Yeah, Father, forgive them. For right, and that's what I said. Yeah, that's what he said. Father, forgive them for they know not. Now he told us to follow his steps. He doesn't so say, now, man, I'm going to get all Now we got to ask ourselves, are we following? We call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ. Are we actually following his steps or are we still conformed to this world? Are we leaning on our own understanding? Are we having our own opinion See, about our own the matter? Would say that guy can never be saved. That right. guy from ISIS can never be saved. No, Jesus That's on the cross, Jesus said again, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We should be saying that concerning ISIS. And just last week, we had 10 days prayer at Chico, and that was one of the prayer points. Uh, just on our last day at EV, we, uh, Pastor Reyes, that was one of the prayer points for Christians in other nations. And ISIS was the number one. And, and we prayed for the members of ISIS that God will reveal himself to them, the one and only true God, that they will come into the knowledge of the truth and be saved and reconciled and redeemed. Again, that's God's desire. Remember, his desire is that no man should perish, but all may have eternal life or come into the knowledge, the light of eternal life. That's God's desire. Now, you got to always ask yourself, does my desire line up with God's desire? Well, see, it's so easy for us to think, as we as we mentioned earlier, that somebody's not worthy. They're never going to get saved anyway. I just know they're never going to well, get Richard, saved Well, Richard, we anyway. got family members that said that about us. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to go all the way to ISIS right. to find people in your own family, coworkers, friends, remember, whatever, that and you they say, say they'll never get saved. There's no reason to worry about it. They they'll basically said that about Jesus because they knew who he was in the past. Well, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't the one that fixed our porch last week? Now he's saying he's the Messiah. God's chosen him. And we do that as people. And again, we know they were operating out of their own opinion, out of unrenewed mind. And then there were some that believed. He truly is the son. Peter said it. You, thou art the Christ. He acknowledged him. And we have to acknowledge, you know, God's sovereign and his greater is he. You know, he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can think or imagine. With God, all things are possible. We have to. That should be our mindset as followers of Christ as Christians. Nothing is impossible for God. And we got to stand in the gap and pray for people, love on people, instead of having this form of godliness, looking like church folk. I, I play this little game with myself and other people. And, you know, I see somebody dressed like a Christian. You know, they have bloom on, long dress on, blah, blah, blah. And, and I just go up to them just to be playing around because I'm humorous like that. It's not malicious. I'm humorous like that. And I'll say, hey, and I'll say, I bet you they, they're a Christian. And, and I know they're a Christian, and it's not because the love they demonstrated. It's because they're out with their parents. And I'll go up to them and say, hey, what church you go to? And I'll tell my wife, watch this. And they'll say, well, I go to <laughs> well, And I'm just saying, I don't know. I just met them. I don't know what their love walk is like. But I just know a lot of churches give you this outward appearance. They 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 focus on that. They build you that up on looking like. Godliness. Yeah, they they make you look like You're even it. Nice, too. but then again, those same people that's dressed like this, I don't see them at no peace rallies. I don't see them uh, being a voice for the voiceless. I don't see them over in Love Chapman Town being supporting that. I don't see them supporting none of the stuff that Jesus would. I don't really see them at the Jesus Center. <laughs> but I'm just saying. We got to stop this, guys, playing church and having this form of godliness. We got to be Jesus' hands and feet. We got to actually be the body of Christ. Jesus' hands and feet. That's what he says we are. We're an extension of the kingdom. Jesus is the head of this body who we are. We're the church, not the building. 
So we take this church, this kingdom everywhere. We take God with us everywhere. And wherever God shows up, the devil has to go. Well, I'm going to put it like this. Wherever light shows up, darkness has to go. And he says, let your light so shine. And I, again, those same ones that got their dressed on, they don't smile at all. Can't, I don't even know if they got teeth. Never seen them smile, Richard. Because they mean mug. They just got this appearance. Boom, boom, boom. And, and religion does that. Those religious groups, you know, they, they, got, they don't shave their head and they cover up and all that, thinking that pleases God. What pleases God is that you have love for one another. What pleases God that you are a voice for the voiceless. He said true religion is this, that you Wait, take care of widows and orphans. You, are you looking out for them? Again, I know in Chico, man, we have room for more orphanages. I just met with a group, Remy Vista. They advertise on this broadcast. They're encouraging Christians to adopt. And they come on this broadcast to do that because they say the Christians aren't doing it. These are the ones that are supposed to have true religion. They're not adopting these kids. They're not doing what the word says do. They're not supporting that mission of Remy Vista of, of taking care of widows and children. And again, we have to do that. We all have a part to do as the body of Christ. Every part, I look at my body, every part of my body has its own unique gift and function. And it can do what the other part can't do. I was just thinking the side of my finger, man, was so sensitive. And you never know what body parts are really important until they stop working for you. And I was like, wow, every part of my body is important. And God says that Jesus said we're his body. We're the body of Christ. And he said all the members should have the same care for one another. And we should be doing our part. One part of the body shouldn't be doing all the part. My One leg shouldn't carry my whole body. You know, especially if I got another one that's just as strong. So we got to start thinking like that, that we're the body of Christ, follow in Jesus' footsteps. And, and if you don't know what Jesus did, get in the scriptures, in the, in the gospels, and see how Jesus walked, how he lived. And, and then say, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And you are, your life will be revolutionized. And you go back to, once again, is it by observing the law or is it by believing what you heard? What did we hear? We heard that we're saved by grace through faith. What did we hear? That my Lord shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. What did we hear? We heard that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Ooh, that's what a good did one. we hear? All those promises of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. All those promises of God that we have heard, do we believe them? Where does worry come in? You know, Jesus said, do not worry. And not because we wouldn't have things to worry about. He knew we'd have plenty to worry about. But right after he said, do not worry, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. We should not worry because we have the promise of God that he will never leave us nor forsake us and that he is always sufficient for all of our needs. So where does worry fit in? It does not fit when we believe what we heard. What we heard was he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will always be sufficient. So I'm going to believe that. And worry goes right out the window when I actually believe what God said. And so the Spirit comes to us, and there are so many promises of God that we just need to believe what we heard, that God will supply all of our needs. I'm working on a project right now. Somebody said to me, how can you do that? You don't have any money. I said, I don't, I'm not worried about that. They said, why not? I said, because God's going to supply. And part of this project that I talk about, two hours later, God supplied. I had to call the person right back up on the phone <laughs> and say, 
you know, God, glory to God, glory to God. He's already, here's what he's already done. And that's what he does. See, that's the power thereof. We forget that we've been given the power of God. The whole power of the Holy Spirit is still working today as surely as it ever did. You got this big bill in your life. You don't know how you're going to pay it. Just know that God's able to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. You don't have to worry. You don't have to lay at night fretting. The doctor said that you had some kind of illness. You don't have to lay awake at night worrying about that because you just know that God is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He is always sufficient for every need that I have. This is what I heard. This is what I'm going to believe. I'm not going to try to get by on being good and being nice and following the Ten Commandments. I'm going to believe what God has said to me. Chris, I was just thinking, you got people out there that ain't trying to follow the Ten Commandments and Christians. I'm serious. They're not even... They don't even recognize that either. So they just, again, and, and I see a lot of them, they just, it's just this form of godliness. Yeah, I go to this church. I've been growing here for X amount of years. And still, no miracle, no sign, no wonder has ever followed them. Again, again, because they don't believe. They just believe this is my social club that I'm attached to. It's called such and such church. This is my club, and I'm a part of this. This is what we're doing. And again, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's amazing, man. It's kind of heartening. I know it's saddened to the Father to see that uh, we're really not doing what he commanded us to do and to go out and advance his way of doing things. That's why he told us to seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all things that pertain to life and godliness will be added to us. And I truly believe that as we do what he told us to do, we'll have all things added to us. I just believe that. I believe the miracles, the signs and wonders will be added. Provision will be added. Because the scripture says in Corinthians, I have not seen, ear have not heard, or have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. He's already prepared. When Jesus well, like, said it I was love finished. The scripture where he says that he's able to forgive us more than we can ask or even imagine. Ephesians 3.20. You know, yeah, we can't even imagine it. You can't imagine it. So he's saying, just believe. I can give you a heart a flesh that you can love instead of just heart or stone. And, and God can do that. And and we've, you know, I like to hear testimonials of what God's done in people's lives, you know, and there's stories where people's murdered other, a mother's child and the mother went back and forgave that person, you know, and actually took them into their home. See, that's not our own human nature. Oh, oh yeah. That. <laughs> well, that ain't even all. That's the Holy Spirit. God, right, Christ in us. That's the only way that you can yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, but I've heard stories like that, numerous ones. So, again, you got to be connected. See, that's the power of God, though. See, sometimes we, we misunderstand exactly what the power means. Our human nature is not to take that person under. that. Per, the, even if you don't take them under your wing, our human nature isn't even to forgive them. Right. Isn't, isn't to want anything good for them. Man, I want to see them rot under the prison, you know, would be the general human nature attitude of it. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that you can forgive and move on. Yeah, and you got to get this word in you, man. This word really does transform your life. That's why we, on part of this broadcast, we have the power of faith transforms your life. The power of God's word inside of a believing spirit, a believing heart, will transform your life, especially as you start acting on it. You just open yourself up to the miraculous. That's why Jesus just said one simple word. Have faith or believe. Same thing. 
Just believe. He's like, just believe. And you, all things are possible. The things you believe or thought wasn't possible, if you just open yourself up and say, Lord, I believe. Or you may be like the guy with the son. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. God said, I can work with you. Yes, yeah, that little you got a little seed. seed. Yeah, I you can know? work with you. And, and I can work in any area of our life if it's for miracles, for healing, miracles for finance, miracles for restoration of a marriage or a relationship. It's the same faith, that's, that same belief. It still works. It's that simple. That's why he said, if you got it, give me a mustard seed worth. Give me something, Peter. You'll walk on water. Peter said, okay, Lord, I'm coming. He said, come. Jesus just said, come. Peter's like, okay. And we can do that. And he still, the Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You know, and God still does that. That's how, you know, I got saved. God showed up and revealed himself to me in a mighty way where there was no doubt that he was real. And that led me, and the scripture says, the goodness of the Lord leads one to repentance. God will show up and show out in a sinner's life because he loves sinners. Remember, Christ died for the ungodly. He'll show up and show you something and, and you'll be chasing him because you tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And that's what God wants to use us for. He wants us to, to be demonstrators. Go out there and demonstrate my love. And that's going to win, lead people toward me. Remember, if I be lifted up, all men will be drawn near me. He wants to use us to do that. And we can't ever forget that, Richard. We can't ever forget that we're ambassadors for Christ. We're representatives. We're ministers, all of us. You may not be in a fivefold ministry, but you still, according to the scriptures, you are a minister of reconciliation. You have an anointing on you as well. We're all anointed because we're God's children. And God wants to use us to allow his kingdom to come, to allow his will to be done right here on earth in Chico as it is in heaven. He right. said, I want no to matter where you. anybody's listening to this mm -hmm. show, yeah. in your own world, in your own community, in your own family, in your own workplace, God wants to use you to work. Yeah, and he's, he's not concerned about your past. He ain't concerned about it at all. Trust me. He ain't got the record out. Well, yeah, I can't use Richard because he did. Remember Paul? You know, I can't use Paul, man. Paul just beheaded, man, and crucified somebody the other day. I can't use him. Throw his, get his name out the lottery. Let's pick somebody else. No, God's no respecter of persons. He, when he, the Bible says, in the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. And, and Saul that day heard his voice because he replied, Lord, is that you? <laughs> That's all God needed. Okay, you acknowledge me. Okay, let's work. Got some work for you now, uh, Paul. Saul. So, uh, actually, by the way, I'm changing your name. It's Paul now. <laughs> I'm going to give you a new name. Remember, you're a new creation. And he just started downloading revelation to Paul. Because Paul wasn't, didn't walk with Jesus like the rest of the apostles did, disciples. But God started well, using him. That's what he said, as one abnormally born. Yeah. yeah. But, but God just started using him, giving him wisdom and revelation and, and had him go preach to the Gentiles, and then had them lace, give some revelation to the ones that were with Jesus. That's how awesome God is, and we just got to keep our faith on fire. We got to continue to believe the gospel, believe the gospel, and don't be conformed to this world. Stop feeding on all this garbage that's not of the gospel. If it ain't good news, I don't want it. I don't want nothing but because the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. And he said, this truth here is going to make you free. And it ain't nothing like being freed up in your spirit. And in your mind. And that's what this word will do. Scripture says it, it'll wash you clean. It, it'll wash all that crap out of your 
that stinking thinking out of you and it'll set you free. I'm so happy to be in the truth right now, Richard. I can run around this building and shout. I'm serious. I'm just that happy. I've never had this type of freedom in my life to be have God's freedom, to have him dwelling in me and to reveal to me truth. Truth really does set one free. <laughs> one of my favorite songs, of one, it's one of the lines is, no guilt in life, no fear in death. Mm-hmm. See, we don't have to have any guilt in life. The devil wants to come and give us a bunch of guilt. He wants to try to remind us of what we've well, scripture done. Scripture says he's done. the accuser of the brethren. But we don't have to have any guilt. We no. don't. We're not guilty before God. We've been set free. And he sees the righteousness of Jesus when he looks at us. So, yeah. so I look at myself in the mirror and I, I see my faults. I see what I'm not right. And, and the amazing thing is that when God looks at me, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. He right. sees me as pure. Right. And that's the way he looks at every believer. And then he tells you to let this mind be in you that was also in Christ right. Jesus. Who now, thought it not robbery to, to be equal with God. So you got to see yourself as righteous. And then we also have to see other believers as righteous. You got to see them like that. Just remember their sin and remember or their what shortcomings. No, and their faults and their errors. But to see them as Jesus sees and them. not kick them when they're down. If they've been going, if they're going through a storm or a trial or a tribulation or a persecution, don't agree with the enemy to accuse other brethren. Agree with the scriptures. He says, well, okay, well, many other afflictions are the righteous. Just Look at things through God's eyes, through the lenses of righteousness, and you'll be set free. And then you'll start praying for that brother. You'll start lifting them up and interceding for them. And you'll, and, and again, that's going to work on you as well. And once again, that speck in our brother's eye when we got a beam in our own, right. how easy it is to see everybody else's faults, but to never see our own. Right. And we, we've got to start seeing people like Jesus saw them. Right. And and how God sees other believers as perfect. That that we're not trying to judge all the time. We're not trying to determine who's going to be good and who's not. Who's going to make it and who's not. To go back to that ISIS thing. To not try to determine who can be saved. You know, I told you before. I had a guy say, I know he's never. You know, it's okay for you to say that we should pray for him. But I know he's never going to get saved. So he Holy Ghost Jr. Right. He, he got a direct connect. God just told him. He just knows. And you might say, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe they're not ever, you know, maybe the odds are maybe they're. But we don't know. We have no idea of knowing who's going to get saved and who isn't going to get saved. And so we need to pray for each other. Pray for our enemies. Pray for those that despitefully use us. Right, right, right. And that's going to do it for this segment of Faith on Fire. We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to encourage you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 
888-895-9527. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.